You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit, one podcast at a time. Guten Morgen or Guten Afternoon. That's that's the extent of my German. Rich actually speaks fluent German. He lived there for three years and uh, I do not. I'm Alicia though. Though? I'm Alicia though. I don't speak German, but I am Alicia. I am the host of the Shindig and I'm happy to be sharing this Friday quickie with you. An extra bit of wedding planning love on a Friday. Wedding planning advice is what I do. I love talking about how to make your wedding planning easier, how to help you become a bride chiller. So let's kick it off with a voicemail from Riley. Hey Alicia, my name is Riley and I'm calling you today from North Carolina in the United States. My fiance and I are getting married on the Outer Banks of North Carolina later this year in September and I can't believe it. It's less than four months away and I'm so excited. I'm ready for it to be here. Um, I'm calling because I just got off the phone with my mom and both her and I are pretty frustrated uh, with one of our vendors, potential vendors, um, who's an equipment rental company. They rent out tents and tables and chairs, etc. But specifically, this is about tents. Um, Our venue is an oceanfront home on the Outer Banks that we're planning to have our ceremony on the beach and then have our reception in the backyard of this house. Um, so, you know, we'll just be hopping over the beach dunes and having our party right there in the same place. Uh, we're really excited. You know, we're both beach bums. We both really grew up on the beach, not that beach specifically, but we both grew up in different cities on our own beaches. And, um, you know, we like being outdoors and we're really excited about this. Ideally, our, our reception will be a backyard boho soiree sort of. Um, Very bohemian uh, and just kind of has a beachy, whimsical feel, um, but also just, you know, like kick your shoes off and dance in the grass kind of thing. Um, These equipment rental companies that my mom has been meeting or talking with, they're really encouraging that we rent a tent. And I've told my mom time and time again that really I don't want a tent unless we need one. I don't want a tent unless it's going to be raining. And if that's the case, you know, we're going to need to put walls up on the tent. And we're really going to need to make sure that no water could come in and all of that. Um, But what they're encouraging her to or for us to do is to rent a full tent and just not put it up on the day of the wedding if if we decide that we don't want to. Um, And the issue with that being that they are very expensive multiple thousands of dollars like uh, somewhere around four grand um and they the option of like renting it but then canceling it is half of the cost of the tent so even if we rent it we have to let them know eight days out that we don't want it and then we cancel it and we only get half of our money back but if we cancel seven days out we get none of our money back so i'm calling today to see if you have any options for alternatives on for a rainy wedding day um besides other venues um you know i haven't looked too much into that maybe i need to uh, other locations that we could potentially move the whole ceremony and reception to if we need to but are there other suggestions that you or any of other listeners have um i'd love to hear them i that is my biggest headache right now um so i look forward to hearing from you and i can't wait um, on a side note, I wanted to tell you that I have been 
listening to your podcast since January. I love it. I've I listen weekly. Um, I've gone back and listened to almost all of your episodes. They are, have been so helpful. Um, gosh, it's really put me at like a peace of mind when I get frustrated about certain things. I'm also, besides my own wedding happening in September, between now and the end of June, I have five weddings um, that I'm either in or my fiance is in. Two of them happen to be on the same day. So my fiance is in three weddings. I'm in two weddings. And you know, it is, has been a very interesting, I'm the maid of honor in one of the weddings, so there have been two bachelorette parties, two bridal showers, and, and more that's coming up here in the next few weeks, so your podcast has really helped not stress me out, um, through all of this, because it's been helpful for both my wedding and also my friend's weddings, um, you know, I want this to be an exciting time for all of this, and I don't want anyone to be stressed out, so I've tried really hard, to keep myself calm and be a, a true bride chilla and maid chilla at the same time. So, um, you know, I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you again for creating this awesome podcast. I can't wait to hear your new podcast and for you to announce the name of it because you keep hinting at it and it's driving me insane. Um, but I can't wait. All right. Well, I look forward to hearing from you and thanks again. I am delighted that you enjoy the show, Riley, and I'm, I'm stoked that, well, I'm, I'm, I feel stressed a little bit. Five weddings coming up. It's a lot of weddings to be a part of, but it's great that you were taking your bride chiller and maid chiller mentality throughout them all. It's amazing. You pose, Riley, a very challenging question for me to answer in the sense that I wish I had a crystal ball to see into the future and see what your wedding weather is going to be like because this is one of the most, uh, I'd say, frustrating challenges that a lot of bride chillers and groom chillers have to deal with because if you find an awesome outdoor venue that you're like, actually, this is going to be ace, we know exactly how we want it to be, and then you sort of have to decide a bit of a plan B when it comes to weather, it can be annoying because then you basically, in your situation, it sounds like everything at this house is outside. You've got the beach, the backyard. You've sort of got to come up with something else that's either, like you said, hiring a tent and you may never use the tent or going somewhere else as an alternative, which also can be very expensive because basically you've got to have a plan B on hold who will probably want cash. Now, all is not lost. I'm not saying that there are no solutions, but I do think... It's really, really important to consider a plan B. We can all be happily ignorant when it comes uh, to these sort of situations. It won't happen. It won't happen. But if you've listened to a lot of my past episodes, and I've got a few really good episodes coming up with wedding planners and bloggers who actually we're talking a little bit about um, wedding worries. And uh, one of them that I have an interview coming up, we do talk a little bit about the plan B and how it's actually one of those worries we should be sort of considering a little bit more seriously and not just saying, well, it won't happen to me, it's fine. Because unless you have an event planner, uh, it can be really hard for family and friends to be running around and solving problems on the day. And we don't really want that to happen to you. So oh, I find the tent hire people, and it's interesting you mentioned this because I've also received a very similar email uh, in the past couple of weeks from a bride chiller who's having some problems with their rates and sort of saying they're dicking her around a little bit, but they are coming from quite a small community where 
the tent company, the marquee company are the only company really that service that area. And if they would expand their options, because I'm always saying, if you're not happy with a the vendor, then ditch them and find someone else. But that's easy advice to give if you come from an area that has more options. But when you are in an area that is quite limited in who are supplying this sort of stuff, it can be really annoying. I'm true. It can be so annoying. So I think it is important for you to shop around if you haven't already done that. I do feel like the tent, although it's annoying, and I really hate that they won't let you cancel it without without funds. And I also get they're trying to run a business. So that's, you know, my thought process out loud is, yes, it sucks. But yes, I suppose they've got to make some coin. Respect to them, annoying to you. But I feel that it's really good to have a plan B. And whether that is a marquee or whether that is you investigating a hall or some sort of undercover uh, area that you can go to if just by a small chance the heavens open and you got to move all your people somewhere because they're going to get wet, then I think it's important that you start looking around for alternatives. Now, I don't know, you mentioned this is a house, so... It sounds like all of your activities are outside. Are there any possibilities to open the house? Or perhaps maybe not, just wanting to ask. Are the people who own the house open to having an area set up in advance that may or may not be a tent? Now, tents are great. You don't necessarily, well, I'm going to say you don't necessarily need the walls on the tent. I think it's good to have some walled areas. I've been to weddings where they've just been open marquees and there's been light rain and we've had a lovely time and it's not been crazy. But again, you know, we can't control what sort of weather may occur. I know it's frustrating, Riley, to be going out there and having to pay for something you may not use. But I also think on the day, if it does just pelt down, you'll be thankful for that tent. So my gut and my professional, I'm using air quotes here because I'm not a wedding professional, I'm a professional advice giver, is to really seek out a plan B, whether that is a tent company, and maybe it's not that tent company, maybe there's a better deal to be had, maybe you have a good network of people, you can ask if anyone has access to marquees or knows someone that has a marquee, Um, that could also be something I would check out Gumtree and Craigslist for other companies that maybe haven't got a big advertising budget but could do it. And I'd also just be ringing around the local area and maybe asking the people who own the house if they know anywhere that has access to undercover um, you know, venues like a, like a church hall or something sort of quaint and cute that if you had to move the wedding to it, you could on the day. I think Riley's question is great for you out there, bride chillers and groom chillers, to think a little bit about your plan Bs. Do you have one? How will you implement it if it has to kick into gear? Have you got a wedding planner? Have you got a family or friend who uh, has been worded up about what to do if this happens? I know that there's a bit of a trend lately. I hate using the word trend, but I've been seeing people who live perhaps in areas that are a bit more rainy. I know in the States there are lots of dry summer areas where people are getting married that it's very unlikely that it's going to rain and you don't have to worry about this. But perhaps you live somewhere that does have summer rain and, uh, you know, it's a possibility that this might happen. People have been including rain cards in their wedding invitations. This is quite a cute idea if if this is something that you, you know, the plan B is sort of likely. If you are having an outdoor wedding but you think, well, it could bucket down, 
I have a great place that we can take the wedding if it's raining. And rain cards are something that you can add uh, and give people a bit of an indication of what will happen if it is inclement. <laughs> so you don't have to say, it's, it's sort of like, in case of heavy rain, please note the reception will be moved to blur. Now, you know, please don't be going, oh my God, Alicia, I've printed my things and I haven't included this. I don't want to freak anyone out. I'm just saying if this is something that you have considered and you think is a potential, then that's an option. Of course, on a day, you can easily have a family member or friend or the wedding planner there, you know, rerouting, rerouting people to a different location. So that's also an easy option and not to be panicked about. Riley, take a deep breath. You're obviously a very cool bride chiller. You've got some time, but I do think you are wise to be thinking about plan Bs and trying to explore some alternative locations just to know they're there. And you probably, I say this with the bride chiller gods looking down upon you, you probably won't need to use it. But if you don't look, that's usually I feel like when things go wrong. So go out there, get exploring. And uh, thanks again so much for listening to the show. Oh, and by the way, you asked about our podcast. It's going to be called Significant Other. There it is. I've said it. Very exciting. Good morning from Tampa, Florida. I just want to say I absolutely love your podcast. Oh, maybe I should introduce myself. I'm so sorry. My name is Jacinia. I'm from Tampa, Florida. I'm not from Tampa, Florida, but that's where I live. And I'm going to be getting married December 31st, 2016. So we're actually going to start the new year, 2017, as a newlywed couple. Well, a very big congratulations to you, lovely lady. That's very exciting news and nice to think new year, new marriage, exciting times. I wanted to send you this message because your podcast has been invaluable. Let me tell you, it really has helped me so much. I've gotten so much from Etsy, so I've been able to control my budget. And the only reason I know about Etsy is because you talk about it all the time. They should totally sponsor you because you are badass in the best way possible, of course. And you really made me feel more comfortable with being the kind of person that bucks tradition. There is absolutely nothing traditional about my wedding. It is a kind of 1920s Frida Kahlo inspired hot mess in the best way it could possibly be and I am stoked to see how it all comes together. Jacinia, that sounds like an awesome plan. What a great theme. I've never heard anyone describe their wedding theme like that. And already, I can imagine it. A 1920s Frida Kahlo hot mess. Oh my gosh. I mean, that seems like, well, you just mentioned Etsy. I do love Etsy. I think you can find so many wonderful suppliers on Etsy. If you can think of it, someone's making it out there. And usually in a very quality way. My mother completely freaked out on me at first and now even she's on board because she wants to see how it comes together. My younger brother is going to be my dude of honor. My older sister is going to actually marry us. <laughs> my dress is a 1920s style dress. I'll have flowers in my hair like Frida used to do. 
My fiance's wearing a blue suit. My bridesmaids will be in black. My colors are black and the spectrum of the rainbow. My invitations um, are also Frida Kahlo inspired, thanks to Etsy. And they tell people that we're going to party like it's 1929. Um, my cake is going to be black with glow-in-the-dark icing. <laughs> I'll share the pictures of everything with you once everything comes together. But it was you that made me feel more comfortable with taking my attitude and putting it into my wedding. I was kind of freaked out that people would think that I'm too crazy, that it's too much to do this with a wedding. But then I realized, you know, fuck it, it's our day. Let me just rock this thing out. It started out that I wanted a 1920s theme. Then I wanted to incorporate my fiancé's parents' background, which is Mexican, into our wedding. My parents are from Puerto Rico, so we've got a few of those little traditions thrown in. And when I try to explain it to people, I realize it sounds like it's crazy and it's a mess, but in my mind, it makes complete sense. <laughs> we'll see if on the day it makes sense. Um, in fact, we're not even having a religious wedding. It's, um, com it's completely just a legal thing and an emotional thing, and we're even getting married in a barn. Well, not actually getting married in the barn. We're getting married at a farm, and we're having the reception in a barn. Without sounding like I'm going on a crazy rant, which is probably too late because I realize I probably sound crazy, but <laughs> I just, I love what you do. I look forward to listening to your podcast. I binged everything. I went to the very first episode and I listened all the way through. You keep me company at work. You keep me sane at work. And I just thought that you deserve to know that you are mother flippin' awesome. Keep up the good work, Alicia, and I think that your accent is totes adorbs. Keep talking that way. I love you. Keep up the good work, and I can't wait to hear the next episode. Bye! Well, you're adorable too, and I'm so happy that you have found so much value in the show, and gee whiz, just thinking about, you know, I said before, I could totally picture your wedding. You described it so eloquently and also you just took me there. And I think if, you know, if you can picture Frida and her amazing artwork and the whole vibe that was around her, the color, the movement, probably not the eyebrows, but it's just such a stunning visual um, sort of picture you just gave us then. And I'm sure we all went there. And I love that you are taking something that is that has meaning to you because it's really interesting. We talk a lot about themes and about finding something that you would want to hinge your whole wedding on. And sometimes people just sort of go, I don't know. I don't know what, well, eh, we don't really have anything. Just put some white flowers in a room and that's fine. But if you have a certain idea, a picture that you want to put forward and create, I think it's fantastic. I just got so excited for you. I'm so excited that you found Etsy and you found all this stuff. And I'm so excited that you have uh, embraced and your parents and your mom, I love that she's on board and that you're also bringing your heritage. That's just great.
So thank you for sharing that with us. I hope your message has inspired a bride chiller and a groom chiller out there to take a little bit more of a risk. If they like color, if they want boldness, if they want to spread some sort of festival theme, whatever they want to have happening, that they'll take it. They'll jump into it and make it happen. I think you're wonderful and I'm so happy that you have found uh, a way to express your personality in your wedding because that is fantastic. Coming up on Monday's episode of the show, it is titled 18 Wedding Planning Truths. I've been writing my update of my book, Bride Chiller. Well, I was going to say it's coming out soon. It's coming soon. And uh, I've been doing some article, writing some articles for blogs. And it was just interesting that I was asked to write about, you know, tell it, I've been known as a tell it like it is podcast host. And I started to write this article and I'm like, okay, well, this will make a really good podcast episode because there are certain things that you start to learn when you start planning a wedding that you're like, what? This is what? How? What? So I thought it would be fun to, you know, go through the list that I have created uh, and I had a really good time recording it. It's a solo episode. It's me on my own. But I think it's one of those episodes that I giggled at myself, not just like I found myself funny, but it was more the ideas, the concepts behind some of the silly things that you sort of start to realize when you start planning a wedding and go, well, that shouldn't be, or I feel like there's a better way to do this sort of stuff. So I'm excited about bringing that episode to you. Also, in the coming weeks, I've got some really great interviews. We're talking about interviews before. Uh, um, I have the wonderful Claire from Bridal Musings back again. She was here earlier in the year talking all about bridesmaids, made chillers. She's getting hitched. She's the editor of one of the biggest wedding blogs ever around. And uh, it's really great hearing from someone with such experience in the industry, but also who's going through it herself. Now, Claire and I, this is in a couple of weeks' time, Claire and I went and had a facial together and I took my microphone because I thought, well, well, this will be fun. And we both get a bit zenned out and then we go to the pub and continue the (laughs) interview in the pub. So it's not necessarily a conventional episode of the show, but I really enjoyed it and I love spending time with Claire. She's fabulous and has a wonderful outlook and uh, just great advice. Hi, Alicia. This is Sarah. Um, I just found your podcast a few weeks ago, and I've been listening to it almost daily on my commute. I love it. You're hilarious and have so many good tips and just makes my drives go by so much faster. Um, I am getting married in September, and one question I've had um, having to do with wedding etiquette, I guess. I absolutely hate opening presents in front of people. I think it's incredibly awkward and makes the wedding seem very gift-centric. And I mean, really, it's just awkward. So I was wondering if it is considered in poor form to not open gifts at um, events like bridal showers and parties of the like. Is that considered rude or does that actually take pressure off of everyone and in the end become less awkward for all of us and really just bring my social anxiety down quite a few notches um i would love to hear your thoughts on this um i'm from oregon in the states and yeah um thank you i didn't actually plan this out before i recorded it so I feel like it's scattered but um 
I love what you do. I love you. I feel like I can say that because you're just such a nice person. Um, yeah, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Thank you so much. Well, I love you too. And uh, not scattered at all. Oh my goodness. Have you heard my podcast? Obviously you have. Interesting question you have here, Sarah. Thank you for listening, for starters. Um, I have a story. <laughs> oh, I have a story. I feel in a similar vein to you, I feel a little orcs. Unwrapping presents and also... There are situations where it's totally appropriate to unwrap the presents when everyone sits around in a circle and goes, ooh, look at that. Uh. But to be honest, it can be can be a little uncomfortable. And I, oh God, do I tell this story? I went to a wedding where the next day, do you hear my hesitation of sharing this story? This is bad. The next day we were invited to an event, which is lovely. I love a post-wedding event. It gives you more time to see people have a good time. But the couple in question decided they would open all the wedding presents in front of us the next day. And initially I was like, oh, that's nice. It's inclusive. But also they had had a wishing will and they had asked for cash. Fine. I mean, I don't really care for the actual will. I think the wishing will thing's a little tacky, but they'd asked for the money. Fine. We all gave them money. But unfortunately at this day, we witnessed them basically opening the envelopes and counting the money. Oh my God. I hesitate telling you that because it's just not great. It's pretty poor form. Now, this is the extreme opposite to what you're saying, Sarah. You are saying you just don't necessarily want to sit around and open presents in front of people. And I think that is fine, especially when it comes to wedding and engagement parties. Most of the time, people will put, if they're bringing physical gifts, you'll have a table or something and they will put the gifts on said table or in an area and with a card and then you will open them at a later date. When it comes to bridal showers and uh, other events, like you're saying, that may include people bringing presents... This is a hard one because a lot of the time the tradition, and we know we like to bust, bust traditions bums in this podcast, but if it's an old school sort of uh, kitchen tea or a kitchen shower, as we would say in Australia, there's an expectation that you will sit around and open gifts. Now, if you plan it in a way that it's not about the gift opening, you can totally get away with this. If an older person a mum or an auntie or a grandma is running this shindig and you don't want to open the presents, I think you need to communicate that to them prior to the day so they get on board and don't expect you to sit around in a circle and open the gifts. Now, I know that I've got lots of lovely listeners, bride chillers, who are into some of the traditions of these situations, and I support that. I mean, get more free stuff. But if that's not your bag, I think you need to make sure whoever's organizing the event that... They don't organize the present giving unwrapping into the event. I think that's fine. I think also if you don't need the stuff, you don't want to have people bring gifts, it is perfectly acceptable to say, we're just going to have a lovely high tea or an afternoon tea and do that sort of situation if perhaps older people are insisting you having this sort of event, which I know is a little, it's a little old school now then I think it's nice to say, look, well, I don't really need any more kitchen shit or I don't want all this stuff. I think it's a bit archaic, but let's sit around and have some champs and play some silly games or whatever and have a nice time. However, if you want the gifts, and you don't want to unwrap them, then maybe you either wear it and just unwrap the gifts and smile and go, great, it's amazing, woo, or you communicate that to the organizers. 
That is a very vague answer, but it depends on the situation. Again, I apologize, Sarah. You wanted a question answered. I've sort of given you a loose answer because I feel in two minds. I really do. Sarah, you are a legend. Thank you for getting in touch. I wish you all the best with your planning and your gift. I was going to say receiving. What is gift receiving? I say take the gifts. Open the gifts. Everyone loves a gift. I'm not big on everyone having to give everyone gifts, but if there are certain occasions like, you know, a a bridal shower or something, if you're doing it, accept the gifts. Just sit there and open the gifts. What a bully I am. Such a bully. Hey, have you got a question for me? A statement? Have you got a tip? I've been receiving some amazing voice messages with just people giving me new ideas, and that is very much appreciated. If you are someone uh, that has written a book, that has some sort of expertise that I haven't included so far in the podcast, I encourage you to get in touch. I have had some wonderful interviewees get in touch recently, pitching show ideas that I haven't done before, and that's great. But a word of warning, if you do write to me, Uh, and you've never listened to the show and you're pitching ideas, it's possibly not a great idea. I've just had some very interesting emails from afar, which is lovely, but, you know, it's just good to do your research before. Just saying, just saying. I'm not a man. My name is Alicia. I'm clearly a woman, and uh, I'd like to share this email with you, but it'd be in bad form. Okay, that's enough of me bitching. Thank you for your lovely support this week. If you would like to make a donation, look at me being more proactive with this. People have said, Alicia, if you want money, you need to ask for it. If you'd like a donation, Alicia, you need to ask for it. Visit savethedatepodcast.com slash support and you will find all the details about how to click on the very easy PayPal link to send me a virtual tip slash hug slash cocktail. That sounded very suggestive. I hope you're having a wonderful commute slash day at work slash evening slash morning. I can't go through all the hours of the day. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, have a good one. Until Monday's episode, happy days.